Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. It won't be long Your life will pass by as a vapor And you will stand before the judgment seat of God And every secret deed and thought Every wrinkle, every spot will be in view Before the one who knows all things The Lord of Lord and King of Kings You know the one you never knew While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Amen. Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment That's to come He is the shelter From the coming storm shakes at the mention of his name he has power over life and death every knee will bow and tongue confess heaven and earth will proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father will you bow will you to his majesty he can save you from the might of all your sin this is the fight in which he stands in perfect victory while you have breath you have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ Amen You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come From the coming storm While you have breath 
choice to make in life Turn away from all your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter from the coming storm. He's the only shelter from the coming storm. Jesus had been ministering on the mount sermon of the of the beatitudes it's really not a mountain it's just a a hill gently coming down to the sea of galilee beautiful location and jesus has has sat down on that mountain that hill and he's been outlining what the new covenant looks like. He's been telling the people with authority, not like their teachers, but with authority. He's been telling them, this is what this kingdom of heaven is going to look like. This is how we're going to operate. And when he's finished The crowds are amazed, and there are thousands surrounding. He begins to make his way down from the mountainside, and the large crowds follow him. They surround him. Suddenly, there's a disturbance ahead. And the crowd parts like a knife has cut it. A leper has dared come into the presence of these people. A leper is considered unclean and not allowed in public places close to anyone. He has his hand over his mouth or cloth over his mouth, proclaiming, unclean, unclean, unclean. He's making his way toward Jesus. It's a very dramatic moment. Everyone's eyes are watching to see what Jesus will do with this leper. He comes to Jesus, and of course, there's no one else around. They've all backed way off. They don't want this dangerous disease. He kneels before Jesus. He begins to worship him. Isn't it interesting? None of these so-called holy folk are on their knees before Jesus worshiping him. 
It's only the unclean. We're going to see that again soon. We're going to see a great revival of godliness, and we're going to see that it's made up of the ungodly. The Christian folk will all pull back and evaluate and talk, and but they won't do anything about it. They're satisfied the way they are. They think they're on their way to heaven, even though they're not. Finally, the crowd is very quiet as they're listening to what Jesus will say. The leper says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reaches out his hand and touches the man. Now, according to Jewish custom, Jesus is now also an unclean man, for he has reached out and touched the untouchable. I am willing, he said. Be clean. And immediately he was cured of his leprosy. This is coming from the book of Matthew. Let me comment quickly on Matthew. As you may or may not know, Matthew was down toward Egypt when he was staked out and martyred many years later. Matthew is not a wimpy sort of man. He doesn't withdraw. He is a tax collector, bearing the rebuke and bitterness and anger of the Jewish people, and yet not even gaining the respect of the Romans. He stands alone between Jew and Roman, but he makes great money. He sold his soul for money. Now, I saw some time ago a video from what is called The Chosen. And they have a very different picture of Matthew. They have a picture of a, of a wimpy, squirrely kind of guy, short of stature, not a man. They were totally wrong. And that's why I have said on numerous occasions, don't look at movies that try to depict Jesus and the disciples and the life of Jesus on the earth. They will not be helpful to you at all if you want the truth. When you begin to look at Matthew, this book is set up very cleanly to confront the Jewish people with their Messiah but it also became one of the most popular of the Gospels at the beginning of the Christian church because it was the earliest. This man, Matthew, was a mathematician. 
well-educated, spoke numerous languages. He was a man's man. He was not a wimp. And so now he has come to write a book to depict who Jesus was. And it's an awesome depiction, and it's a true depiction. It's not like the movie, The Chosen, which has so many errors and so many lies as it tries to twist Jesus into some kind of social character that he was not. So he begins to write about first thing after the Sermon on the Mount. This is the introduction to the gospel of Jesus. And now he lays out what happens. And the first thing he lays out is this leper coming to Jesus. Now he knew all about lepers because he was a leper among the people. No, he didn't have leprosy. He was a publican. He was a sinner. He was a tax collector. He knew what it meant to be unclean. And that that day Jesus came walking by and said, Come, follow me. He was washed and cleansed very soon and became a follower of Jesus Christ. I want to say something to you today that you need to hear, please. I got a message from a dear brother this morning. Mike, I'm going to tell on you. And in that message, he asked, Have you cut me off, Pastor? Have you... Have you come to a place where you're not willing to talk to me anymore? I said, no, you're a dear friend. You're a godly man. What is this? This is nonsense. Why would I say that? We don't go based on our feelings. We go based on the word of the living God. We need to understand that we're not to condemn ourselves. Oh, I'm, a, I'm just a poor sinner. Well, okay, get to Jesus. And Jesus, if you worship him, and you bow before him, and you ask him, Lord, are you willing to make me clean? Then hear his answer. His answer is, I am willing, be clean. One of the most wonderful experiences of my life was in the early morning hours when I was doing what I often did about 3 a.m., trudging down the hallway to the bathroom. And the Lord said to me, I have forgiven all your sins. Wow! I'm clean by the blood of Jesus. Now, am I still immature? Yes. Do I still make mistakes? Yes, but my sins are washed away. Some of you just need to hear today. 
the blood of Jesus Christ has the power to wash your sins away. Do I need to say that again? The blood of Jesus Christ has the power to wash your sins away as he speaks to your heart and he says, Be clean. Now he'll give you direction after that. This morning I was awake at 2 a.m. And the Lord, I was worshiping him. And he spoke to me and gave me an assignment. That assignment is going to cost me thousands of dollars. It's okay. Money for me is simply an instrument to be used for Jesus. And when he says, take this portion and move it over to this place, okay, it's done. I have no love for money. My wife doesn't either. We simply want to use it for the kingdom of God. And by the way, my dear brother Dirk, thank you. And Billy, thank you. And every other person who joins with me in this work of the gospel, don't misunderstand me. I'm not begging you for money. The money comes from the hand of Jesus through his people. But I praise God when people are obedient to the command of the Lord. He said, be clean. And immediately he was cured of his leprosy. And you can be cured of your leprosy, the sin of your heart. He will remove it. He will forgive it. And you will no longer go back to that iniquity or that that regular sin. Stop it. Go to Jesus. See, what I want you to hear is that Jesus is real. And I'm going to show you that today in several passages of Scripture. Jesus is not some skywriter. He's real. He's here. He's willing to do what you need him to do in healing you and restoring you and forgiving you of your sin. Praise God for that. Well, he tells the man, don't go tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and the other and offer the gift of Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Well, that was sure to get the word out, wasn't it? So Jesus now, in his walking, enters Capernaum. A centurion came that is, uh, 
an officer of the Roman army, came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I'll go and heal him. But the centurion replies, Lord, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof, but please just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell one, go, and he goes, and the other one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished. He said to those following him, I tell you the truth, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, but the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In other words, angry, angry people. Jesus said to the centurion, Go. It will be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that very hour. Okay, now we have again the second story coming after the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew is outlining this is who this Jesus is. He commands and it is done. He speaks the word. It's done. He doesn't have to be there. Or he can be right there and reach out and touch you in love and say, be clean. Now, is Jesus dirty? No, there's no longer any leprosy. They're clean. Now, Jesus comes to rest in Peter's house. And when he enters the house, he sees Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touches her hand, and the fever leaves her. She got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and carried our diseases. Do you think he did not come to continue taking up our infirmities and carrying our diseases? I want you to hear this. It's hard to let it sink in. Jesus cares about you. And he cares enough to cure you. To take your sins away and cast them into the depths of the sea. If you'll just go to him and worship him and ask him, he will do it for you. 
He will touch the hand and heal. He is here now with just a spoken command to say, do this, and it's done. We have taken such a an ugly separation from Jesus as a real person, and we've made him into some, how do I say it, sentimental slob. He's not. He's a real man, a man-God with authority and power. And Matthew wants to introduce to us this Jesus who is so awesome, one story after another. This is who your Jesus is. Please, my brother, my sister, believe now on Jesus Christ. Don't believe some information that you're supposed to hold on to in your head. Believe in the person, Jesus Christ. I listen as people share and preach. One of the first things I listen for, does this woman or does this man believe in a personal, live, real Jesus Christ? Is the focus of his message the risen Lord? Jesus, the risen Lord. I'm not interested in theological training, even though I've had much of it. I'm not interested in it. I have, as I have grown older, centered myself more and more on the person of Jesus Christ and what he did for me at the cross on Calvary's tree. That consumes me. And I focus then on on Jesus' resurrection. And then I think and pray about what is Jesus doing right now in the heavenlies. We don't have to guess. The scriptures tell us what he's doing. He's ministering his blood to sinners like I and you. He ministers his blood to us. He forgives us. He washes us. He prepares us for eternity with him. What awesome news. He's ministering his shed blood on Calvary to you and to me. He cares. Now, if we look Verse 23, he got into the boat. His disciples followed him. I want you to notice something. It makes a difference in this story. It doesn't say the disciples got into the boat and he followed the disciples. Note, Jesus doesn't follow people into trouble. People get in trouble because they're not following Jesus. They got into the boat. The disciples followed him. 
Without warning, a furious storm comes up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. Jesus was sleeping. I like that. Here's a man who ministers, teaches, heals, casts out demons, becomes exhausted, goes to sleep on a rocking boat. The disciples call to Jesus. They they wake him up saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. You know what? They could no more have drowned in that boat. Nothing could have caused them to drown. They had Jesus with them. He replied, you of little faith? Why are you so afraid? The wind is howling. The wind is blowing. The waves are crashing. Why are you so afraid? What are you afraid of? Am I afraid that I'll never walk again? No. The leg's broken. The hip is shattered. Am I afraid I'll never walk again? No. No. Is there pain? Yep. That's okay. Is it okay if I'm not ever healed? Yes. My life doesn't belong to me. My life belongs to Jesus Christ. I belong to him. I am his. He is mine. Whatever he wants is okay. I'll walk out whatever he decrees I should walk out. But one thing I'm going to do as I walk it out, I'm speaking figuratively, of course. I'm going to proclaim and worship the name of Jesus. I want what he wants. I'll go where he sends me in whatever conveyance that happens to be. I'm going to trust him. And then Jesus, he he gets up. And he didn't just stand up like a pillar. He grabbed a, a line somewhere. He grabbed somebody. He stood up. And he rebuked the winds and the waves. And it was completely calm. I don't care what the storm is that you happen to be in today. It has no power against the word of Jesus Christ as he speaks into your situation. As you worship him, as you take the position that I've taken, Jesus, I'm yours, no matter what this storm does. If if this boat's going to sink, I'm going to go down with you. I'm with you, Jesus. I'm not with the storm. A lot of you today are with the storm. Oh, my aching back. Oh, the lack of money. Oh, whatever the storm is, you're with it. Complaining, judging, 
trying to figure out how you can get out of your deal? I'm not with the storm that's in my life right now. And and believe me, I have a painful storm in my life. I'm not with that storm. I'm with Jesus. And when Jesus speaks the word, the storm will be absolutely calm. You have so little faith. And he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves. And it was completely calm. The men were amazed. They asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Well, he's a God man. He's my hero. I love him. Don't side with the waves. Don't side with the storm. Side with Jesus. Acknowledge him. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. My wife is sometimes awakened at night in our living room where we're now living or I'm sometimes awakened by her hearing a very soft song of praise and glory coming from her lips side with Jesus not the storm when he arrived at the other side in the region of the Gadareans Demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torment us before the appointed time? Oh, I would think that they would have acknowledged that they're already in torment, cutting themselves with stones, living in a graveyard crying out, agonizing. That's not torture. Then I don't know what torture is. Some distance away from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus If you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. He said to them, go. I want you to notice, Jesus speaks these very short commands. Be clean. Go. So they came out, they went into the pigs, and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. Those tending the pigs ran off. They went into town, reported all of this, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men. Then the whole town went out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave their region. Can you imagine? 
They plead with Jesus to leave because they're terrified of this man who controls the spirit powers and can cast all the pigs into the water, cause them to drown in the Sea of Galilee. Now Jesus steps into a boat. He crosses over and comes to his own town. And some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a mat. Remember, if you look in other portions of Scripture, they say they couldn't get him to Jesus, so they opened up the ceiling and they lowered him by ropes on a mat before Jesus. And Jesus sees their faith. And he says to the paralytic, Take heart, son. Your sins are forgiven. Do you need to hear today that Jesus is willing to make you clean? You have made yourself a leper by continual television and movies and the wickedness of our media. You've made yourself a leper by your own bitterness and anger, your own judgments. You've made yourself a leper by the wickedness of your own heart. And you can't go to heaven that way. Oh, you may be a very religious man, and we've already heard Those very religious men are probably not the ones who are going to get to enter the kingdom of heaven, and they're going to be very angry. Do you need to hear Jesus gently speak to you in the brokenness and the wickedness of your life? Son, daughter, Your sins are forgiven. Wow. Can you hear it? Have you heard it? Or are you still walking in the casualness of this world's wickedness? Are you still lukewarm? Are you still casual about Jesus? Or have you heard enough today to say, my heart needs to be set on fire by this man, Jesus. He is an awesome man. I'm going to love this man. Get acquainted with him. Turn the stupid television off. Turn the movies off. Get alone with Jesus. Read his word. Pray. Cry aloud. Whatever the crisis is in your life. Jesus knows how to speak into it if you will but go to him and say, can you make me clean? Yes. Be clean. What's the storm in your life today? What's the loneliness of your heart? Do you need a husband? 
Need a wife? Do you need a job? Do you need a healing in your body? Does your hip hurt? Mine does. I'm waiting on Jesus. Have you been off work? Are you wondering how you're going to make it? If you go to Jesus and tell him all your troubles, he'll give you very clear direction back in the spirit. This is not fanciful. This is reality. There are two powers operating in this world. There is a malevolent power of the devil. Evil wants to destroy you. And there is the power of the Holy Spirit who loves you, who ministers to you the words and the actions of Jesus. Will you open your heart today and say, Jesus, Forgive me. I've treated you like you were not real. I've treated you like you don't care. I've treated you like a nobody. But you are the most wonderful. Look at what he's done in each of these people's lives. It's startling when you see what he's done. Some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, this fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, writhing in agony on that pallet, get up, take up your mat, and go home. And the man got up and went home. And when the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe. And they praised God who had such great authority to men. My brother, my sister, this is real. This is not Hollywood, Fantasia, Disney World. Jesus is real. And he wants to deal with your hurt. He wants to deal with the wickedness of your heart. He wants to deal with your unbelief. He wants to make you alive. Aren't you tired of being dead? I see some people, and they're enlivened by the wickedness of the music or the world, and then when that's over, I see him dead. Well, it's obvious if you're watching this video. Pastor Ray is not dead. He's not rolled over and said, I give up. I stand by faith on the word of the Son of the living God. After all, he took up our infirmities. He carried our diseases. 
By his stripes, I am healed. Am I discouraged? No. I believe in the Son of the living God. I have my entire trust in him. He's carrying me through. He's providing for this gospel work on this radio station. You've got to take the promises of God as he gives them to you. Mark 11 is one of my favorites, 20, or 22 through 27 or 28. And that promise says, if you will command that the mountain be removed from the, into the depths of the sea, and don't doubt in your heart that it will be done, it will be done for you. No, you won't do it with a shovel. It'll be done for you. Will you believe the promises of God? Search them out in the scriptures. Your life depends on those promises. Eternal life depends on the promises of God. Will you trust him? Will you trust the promises of God? Yes or no? There's a chat line. Yes or no? Will you trust the promises of God for whatever the necessary storm requires? Will you believe him? Give a wimpy answer and Yes, I'll believe him. No, you won't. Not when it comes to the paying time, the suffering time, the hard times. You need to have a faith that is so powerful and so mighty in the living Jesus based on these stories in Scripture that you can stand through the storm. Now, I have gone through a man with leprosy, a centurion who has a servant dying at home. I've gone through Peter's mother being healed. I've gone through their going into the boat following Jesus. I've gone through the paralytic. And the stories don't stop there. And then finally, we come to chapter 10, which I'm not going to talk about today. And he sends his disciples out to do in his name the same exact things that he's been doing. We're dealing with a man who has real power. Not a not a social influencer. If somebody called me a social influencer, I'd want to punch their lights out. No, I wouldn't, but you hear what I'm saying. We don't need wimps today. We don't need people who lead other people into hell today. 
Pardon me, I need to rearrange my seat for just a moment. There you go. We need men and women who are willing to stand up and say, I believe in Jesus, and I'm going to trust him with my life. Are you willing to do that? Now, it's it's interesting to me. Chapter 9, verse 9. Let me read this for you. This comes on the tale of story after story after story. As Jesus went on from there, that is, as he went on from where he healed this paralytic and said, go home now. Go see your family. Your life is restored. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. Matthew got up and followed him. No hesitation here. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, you know the Pharisees are called snakes by the Essenes and by John the Baptist for good reason. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked the disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous but sinners, and in the King James it says, call the sinners to repentance. Oh, my brothers and sisters, we're just about out of time for today's broadcast. Are you willing to lay down your humanism, your your casualness? your worldliness, your lust after the things of this world? And are you willing to take Jesus at his word and begin to seek him with all of your heart, all of your mind? Almighty God, I come today and lift up your mighty name over this city and over this nation And I ask for a great movement of people who will come for healing and restoration to your throne, Jesus. And I pray you will hear their cries. I know you will. I worship you, my Lord. And you have made me clean. Thank you, my Lord. You are the one Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your mighty name. Amen.
I thank each one of you who has been so graciously in obedience, turning to Jesus and giving as he calls you to give for a gospel work. You see, I wondered, how do we, how do we pay for this work? I don't have the money. And your Holy Spirit said to me, pass the offering plate. Okay. So I used to ask for people to call in and make pledges. I don't do that anymore because so many of you respond. But thank you. (laughs) Thank you. You can write to me at Pastor Ray Greenley, National Prayer Chapel. Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Pastor Ray Greenley, National Prayer Chapel. Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia. You're also welcome to go to our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com. nationalprayerchapel.com. You can give online. If you're upset with me being so bold and passing the offering plate, I'm sorry. That's how churches have done it for centuries. I love you. God bless you. I'll talk to you tomorrow.